Hello. Hello, Marilyn. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Fine. Happy New Year. Is it New Year? Yeah. Two couple no. days in, two, three days in. Mm, is it? Did you do anything special? Yes. Everything I do is special by definition. Uh, yeah? Yeah, I'm like Polly. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I don't acknowledge holidays. Yeah. No, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the main thing is, uh, it's very important to me in our household that once it passes midnight or generally when you first wake up on the first day of the month, you have to say rabbit, rabbit. Right. So I really, I underscored that for the family. Do you have to say rabbit, rabbit, uh, out loud or can you say it in your mind? Well, you have to say it out loud. Okay. I mean- do you have it's to say a, it's it to another? There are rules. Do, do you have to say it to another person, or can you say it uh, to yourself, like alone? Well, in the that's, room? A, that's a very good question. I, I think uh, it's okay if someone overhears you saying it. You must say it out loud, and you say it to the Lord. You say, okay. "Rabbit, rabbit, Lord." All right, Jesus, take the wheel. Uh huh. Uh huh. I don't know the rules. I mean, I think everybody's different. There's other ones. Some people swear by bunny rabbit. Really. Uh, yeah, well, no, it's, I think Canadians probably say bunny rabbit. Uh, they got ducks on their money. But uh, I, I say rabbit, rabbit. It's the first thing I say every month, and that's why all of my months are good. I don't want to sound conceited. No. I don't want to sound conceited, but no. I have pretty good months. That's my privilege, and I'm owning that. Right. Did you say rabbit, rabbit? I, I did. I don't, I'm not saying, you know what? I'll, I'll characterize that as a possible mistruth. <laughs> I'm going to give you half a Pinocchio, because I don't believe you. I did. I talk to the Lord. I 1,000% swear on my life that I did. Put away the Dan Benjamin persona for a minute that America has learned to love. Uh And you look look me in my eyes and you tell me you said rabbit, rabbit first thing in the morning. 100% truth. Yes. All right. We're going to check back in on 31st. But. The the Lord's giving me the side eye on this. But in my life, I've only done it one or two other times. Uh, this you're going to notice a difference. This was it's like CBD oil. It's, a, it's, a, it's an adaptogen. You're going to notice so many things improve in your life. I was pretty proud of myself that I had actually remembered it too, because I very, very frequently, almost usually remember on like the 10th that I was supposed to do it. Oh, see, that's no good. You can file an extension. Um, yeah, and say, <laughs> I just have to say it by, I think it's the 8th. You get one week plus one. One plus one is what the Lord said. Lovely. That's in Leviticus. Lovely. You don't eat shrimp. You don't lay down with mules. And you can get an, an extra, extra, extra uh, week if you need it. Okay. It's, you know, it's tough with the shutdown. So. <laughs> That's right. That's a partial the shutdown. garbage is filling up in the, in the trash containers. Oh, it's so sad. They had, to, there's so much poo in the toilets at places. Ugh. They had to, they had and to no shut one down. And no one can even come in and flush them. Yeah, mm, not even, not even the rain. No, not even the <laughs> rain. <laughs> Such that small hands. so full. That's right. Yeah. Um. You know, it's one of those things. They say this. They said this about the uh, you know the show in the forties. They say about this last person you know eaten by the dragon. How do you feel about like the the last person who used <laughs> who used that toilet before they called it? Oh no! Can you imagine that? No. Mm. You know? <laughs> like you've gotten you've probably gotten some complaints, but nobody answers the phone. It's a partial shutdown. <laughs> Somebody's saying, "Hey, look, the toilet has some serious issues. Yes. The pitcher's mound is growing in height and girth." Because if you look at it, if you look into one of those, it is basically a, a multivariate uh, rainbow uh, pitcher's mound that forms. Some people throw their trash in there. <laughs> yeah. You go to a park in California, they got, I'll send you the signs. I, t- I always take a sign. Uh, they're just going to gonna leave, make a landfill out of it, I think. 
Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to build there. I'm not a homeowner, but mm. I would want to definitely know if there had been a shutdown near that toilet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like poltergeist all over again. All right, I have yes. an important question for you. Uh, okay. I know it's okay. abrupt. I know I'm, you know. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I just want to, I want to ask you uh, okay, a keyboard you've, question. You've, you've braced me and now I'm going to do the best I can to be candid with you. Yes. So if you remember, we talked about this a couple weeks ago and we've talked about it many times in, in our history together, our shared history, is the Logitech Bluetooth Easy Switch Keyboard K8 11. There's also the K8 10. Okay. Um, the K8 11 is the easy switch for iOS devices. The K8 10 is the easy switch multi-device keyboard that, that is a, essentially a windows, um, a windows deal. And then, uh, I was complaining because the, uh, Logitech Bluetooth easy switch keyboard K8 11, which I used to own and have somehow lost over the years, it's on Amazon for like $200. But it's available for its original price of a hundred bucks on Logitech. I bought it originally for like seventy dollars on Amazon, but they don't. Oh, I have this keyboard. This is a good keyboard. Yeah, and they but they introduced another one called the K three eighty multi device Bluetooth keyboard. K three eighty. Yeah, I'm going to send you a link to that guy also. K three eighty multi device with. Okay. Oh. Hmm. And it has the round. What I'll I'll call almost chiclet looking round i don't love round keys. no i don't either and i read reviews of it and so i go back and forth on the wire cutter i either think their recommendations Ugh. are all right or the worst thing ever and i have complete Will problems you put a fork with. in that i would like to actually talk about that i don't want to be right. nasty but put a fork in that because okay. i i want to talk about that all right i've I'm had making a note I got a lot of issues with wire cutter. Okay. Well, I think some, I think in the last year or two, something has changed. Something there. happened. Well, they got bought, but who knows? We'll go, we'll go back to that. But anyway, this, so this key, they actually recommend the little Bluetooth wireless keyboard with the chiclet round keys. They, they recommend that it's 40 bucks, but I really miss being able, especially now that I'm using the iPad more, I really miss the ability to just switch back and forth with one keyboard between two of them. So I was going to ask you, do you think it's worth it for me to pay a hundred bucks and buy this keyboard from Logitech directly, who seems to be the only place that still has it for less than like 180 bucks, mm-hmm. uh, twice as much as what they sell for. Do you think that's a wise investment or is there another keyboard that does this that you would suggest to me based on your extensive keyboard experience or should um, i just try this k380 with the round uh checklist keys no, i num- number three i wouldn't uh well, i'm forgetting the questions I, I what what would prevent you from getting the one off the logitech site N- nothing except you saying don't get it because there's a better one. <clears throat> oh no um no I'm trying to think because no, I, I don't, I don't know of another one like that. The one I got here on my desk, like I say, is really old. It's the K760, but at home, I've really enjoyed having that K811. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't unless you're just wondering if there's a better one out there. Why don't we ask, why don't we ask our listeners? Listeners, yeah. if you use I'm not in a, a rush. I can wait. You can wait. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would say to our listeners, if you have found a and what we're looking for here is a bluetooth keyboard that's not like joke sized it's it doesn't need to be full sized but you don't want joke sized you want to you want to like a reasonable sized regular keyboard that is bluetooth 
and has the one button push ability to switch between three devices. Yeah. If you if you if you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. If you do know what that means and you have one that you like, could you please hit us up on the tutor uh, with ones that you like? Yes, because I would love to hear that. I'm not. I have not. I, I did. I hate to admit this, but I did wind up returning that mechanical keyboard. I couldn't find a way to make. It comfortable the one, the, the for ugly my, one I like? The yes. The Jason Snell keyboard? Yes, because That's I could... That's real ugly. It's I, so ugly. It wasn't that it was ugly. That was fine. I couldn't find a, a comfortable position for my hands. I think I've become no, so I understand. used it's to... It's pretty high. It's pretty high. Yeah. So I don't want a high keyboard. That would be my only thing. And I don't want a number keypad either because I'm limited. I have a strange note. Tell me the name. What is the brand name of the Jason Snell keyboard? Ma- I forgot already. Is it not the Mat- Mat- is it Oh the yeah, it's Mat- Matthias. Matthias, yeah. Matthias. Yeah, and this was. Um, uh, uh, I think Jason has moved on to other ones. Jason, I got one in my Bastic right now that I've been looking at that Jason recommended. It looks real cool. I'll find it. For yeah, you. I would like it's to know what end. that is. But um, I'll tell you what. This is going to sound real weird, but the nice thing about having a mechanical keyboard, even if you're not a deep keyboard nerd is that there is a decisiveness to hitting the key. It makes a clicky sound. It's not a surpassingly loud clicky sound, but it's louder than whatever kind of guts are in a typical wireless keyboard. Yeah. Uh, it, it is kind of has a high up form factor that's not going to be super kind to your wrists. But here's the crazy part to me um, over time is once you start typing like you normally would on a mechanical keyboard, which is to say like as fast as you can correctly type, you run into a problem, which is just that little bit of latency. Mm. And I notice this almost every time uh, I do, I think arguably the most powerful thing when you're using a keyboard with an iPad, arguably the most powerful thing is the ability to hit command space wherever you are and have spotlight show up. So that becomes a way, that becomes navigation, that becomes the equivalent of spotlight on your Mac. Right. Meaning no matter where you are in any app, on your iPad, you're always like a, that little key combination away from typing. Let's say you type TWIT, and the first thing that shows up in returns is Twitter. You don't even have to arrow down to select it. You just hit enter to select it. Default, you, you do this, right? Yes, all the time. And it's, it's you, you also, you know, if it's, if it's a recent app, you do have the command tab functionality that's terrific on iPad and has come so far. Um, but the, the ironic part to me is when I get typing at a pace that I'm comfortable with, I get lulled into this false sense of efficiency about how well the key clicks are being interpreted. Now, if I'm just typing in drafts, I don't really notice it. There's just the tight, tight, tiniest little delay between typing the letter and having it appear. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I go, command space, start typing. Almost invariably, it misses the first letter that I typed. So I type TWIT. And it says WIT. Ow. Now, I'll tell you that this is, this is where the irony comes in. I don't notice that as much, and I'm certainly not bothered as much when I'm using a non-mechanical keyboard. But when I'm using a mechanical keyboard, I'm lulled into the sense that I can type as fast as I want, and it'll register. Ah, that, right. I know That doesn't make a ton of sense, but like... No, no, it does, some, it does, because you've been doing it for, you know, 40 years that way. Yeah, if you're on a Mac, there's not a lot of latency. Um, and I don't use a Bluetooth keyboard on the Mac usually, but, um, but yeah, yeah. What are you I mean, you're I usually we, using your mechanical wired keyboard. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, this giant, giant, very loud DOS keyboard. Um, but that, that was, that's the only, I mean, I'm not criticizing it, but like, if you're like me, and I'm not even, I'm not a Jason Snell speed typer by, typist by any stretch of the imagination. But when you're getting into that rhythm of using it like a little computer, you will, may, might notice some slight little glitches where it's not keeping up with you. And mm-hmm. that can be a little frustrating, kind of takes you out of the illusion that you're using a desktop computer. But with that said, we talked about this, I feel like definitely on several episodes. If you haven't tried it yet, um, definitely try hooking up your recent iPad with some kind of a Bluetooth keyboard if you haven't done it. And my gut is, this isn't, actually this week, a theme of this week that could cover so many things is the bubble of what we assume people do, buy, use, know, versus what the preponderance of the actual, you know, owners of those devices do use and know. Yeah. So I, I don't think we can assume that that many people use keyboards. When you hear people like like I heard on Clockwise the other day, they were talking about this rumor that's fascinating to me that they, you know, the rumor that there might be a new iPad mini, which I would be all over like stink on poop. <laughs> uh, like I, I, if, if I had, it doesn't need, it doesn't need to be everything and as powerful as an iPad Pro, but just a really great looking iPad mini would be so great. It would be so great. People on the show were saying like, how would you handle having a keyboard cover? And I'm like, you wouldn't have a keyboard cover for most people you wouldn't i mean the reason most people want and have an ipad mini is a media consumption it's basically a little heavier than a kindle probably you can watch hd movies on it Mm -hmm. but the most the the elephant in the room it's not at all difficult to type on an ipad mini it's a it's basically a big phone it's arguably one of the easiest devices to thumb type on I, i don't see myself wanting to use that as a uh, keyboard device, do, do, do you know what I mean? I do. I totally do. Um, I don't. I don't know if they'll do it, but like, you know, because again, like the iPad Mini, I am guessing is not for super nerds. No, it definitely isn't for super nerds. I feel like super nerds are going for the the biggest, the big iPad yeah, Pro, that's or the slightly I, smaller iPad maybe, Pro, which yeah. are some all of the, the best super, things Apple's ever made. We, oh, they really are. I think all the the people that I know who are super into the iPad, like they're using it, not, you know, yes, they're using it as a second screen, but maybe it's encroaching into being a borderline semi like primary device. Oh, for sure. You know that those people Mm -hmm. are all on the biggest iPads they can get. I think that's, I think that is, I don't know if um, some people have gone back again. This is the Jason Snell episode, I guess. Uh, there are a lot of people who have always sworn by for that kind of, I'm using this as a, my computer, right. I've sworn by the large size, but really there is a part of me that has regretsies about getting the giant one because I can't type for crap on it. I mean, typing with my thumbs in portrait on the large iPad pro, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm useless. It's mm-hmm. so bad. My, th- it's, maybe it's on me. Maybe it's just my tiny little boy hands. <laughs> but I like I miss keys all the time. I, I get the wrong key. I it, it just didn't register as a click. Like I, you know, there's yeah. a part of me that wishes I'd gotten the smaller one. To be honest, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh yeah, let me find. Did you see the check your messages? Uh, yeah. So I would I would love to hear about this. <laughs> yeah, well, that's at Yosemite <laughs> National Park, which is now closed because of the poop and the partial shutdown. Okay. Um, would you like to read that sign from the, the little turlet at uh, Yosemite? I love this picture. This would be an excellent desktop background wallpaper. Desktop background could be show art. Sure. Uh, oh, uh, do not put trash. Okay, wait. 
<laughs> so let me describe what I'm looking <laughs> this, at here. This is, it's a little bit of a mini, it's like a short story. It's a little bit of a journey. Because there's one, one part of it that's very sensible, and I'm glad you reminded me. And there's another part that's eldritch horror. <laughs> if you've ever used, if you've ever used a non-flushing toilet where it's just a hole and then the stuff. Dan, what does this sign say? This sign, well, the, this is on, it looks like a wall. The wall is... That's the wall of the turlet. Sort of a dark beige in color, and it has four... Mm, what would you call grommets? this? Yeah, grommets of some kind in it. There's also some kind of polishing or burnishing that has taken place. I think place. that's where they got rid of graffito. Okay. All right. So they've used some kind of a spinning brush of some kind to buff out graffiti. And then in the center of the photo is a very uh, worn sign it's well loved well loved sign that at one time looked like it might have been a white plaque but is now a sort of beigeish off-white marred up edges torn as if people have tried to remove it uh plaque that says with a beautiful i'm gonna guess that is a like four uh pixel radius Around the, the border. Oh, yeah, you got the round racks. Rounded, rounded and borders. very interesting typesetting. And then it says, do not, caps, do not, well, it's all in caps, but these- This one's bold and big. Bold and big. Do not put trash in toilets. And then with a very weird, in the next line, it is extremely, next line, difficult to remove. Those are both flush left. Mm-hmm. And then on the line at the bottom, close lid after use. Close that's centered. That's centered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do not put trash in toilets. It is extremely difficult to remove. Close lid after use. So, and there is a there is a brown <clears throat> liquid stain underneath well, the plaque on the left side, implying that when there's not a partial shutdown, it is somebody's job or hobby to find trash in the toilet and remove it with <laughs> remove difficulty. It, right. Yeah, that's that's a resume builder. Yeah, there's a, per, a someone made this. Oh, look at that weird. That's what you're using? No, no. This is uh Jason mentioned this in a I'll try and find the six colors article where we talked about this. That thing is so cool. Well, click through to go look at it because <clears throat> it comes with uh so basically this is a, a, a mechanical keyboard and it comes with uh it's it's smart. Like instead of just having a Windows or Mac or whatever, you it comes with keys that you can put on. To, to suit what you want the keys to be. I see, I see. And you can, you can, uh, it looks like you've got two options with this guy. You can put in the Mac keys so that they match, but you can also sort of jazz it up with some color. Put some jazz in. Yeah, mm-hmm. jazz it up. Where's that keyboard? And you have this? No, oh. no, no, it's on my, it's on my, it's on my Bastic. I'm thinking about getting it. Ba- is, what it? are you saying? Ba- bastic? Yeah, just like Marla says, a Bastic of Pinedos. That's how Marla says it. Who? Uh. You do another podcast with a friend of mine, and he has I, a daughter. But I'm not who says up to date with, with yours. I'm she doesn't talk behind. about bas- you never want to talk about bastics, bastic of potatoes. No. Once you start saying, you'll never stop. Oh. I can't find this. Jason Snell Vortex Gear. Dan, while I am looking for Jason Snell's Vortex Gear, can you? Uh, would you be interested? I should permit me to ask. Would you want to tell me about something that you like? I would love to tell you as our first sponsor of 2019. All about FreshBooks. FreshBooks! Merlin, do you Mm -hmm. remember when you started your small business? 
Yes. Let's be honest. This was not a. This was a big deal. This was a. The big whole point deal. of my TED talk is I've started many small businesses and failed. <laughs> that's, that's right. Well, but I failed and failed and failed. Anyone who's done this, whether you're doing a freelance or a small business or medium sized business now, right? It, to start this thing, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of you know late nights, early mornings, doing stuff around maybe your full time job, and uh, and 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 the reality is probably at least if you're like like me, you've been pretty busy ever since. FreshBooks is here to make things a little bit easier. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for people like us with small businesses. It's simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized than your current system, which is probably what, like a shoebox with your Mm -hmm. receipts thrown inside of it, and I'll get to it later kind of attitude. This FreshBooks lets you send professional looking invoices in 30 seconds and you're going to get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. You'll fire your, file your expenses even quicker and everything will be perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part, FreshBooks grows alongside of you and your business. You're always going to have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. Because unless you're an accountant, to be honest, accounting is pretty boring and it sucks. So uh, join 24 million people who have used FreshBooks. You get to try it free for 30 days. There's no catch, no credit card required. Get in there and start working. Start sending invoices and make your life a whole bunch easier. They have a special URL for our listeners, freshbooks.com slash back to work and enter back to work in the how did you hear about us section uh, to get started. That's that's the way that we get credit for the show. It lets them know that you're listening and uh, we sure do appreciate their support. Go check out FreshBooks. Again, the URL freshbooks.com slash back to work. And please enter back to work in the how did you hear about us section when you get started. Thanks, Th- FreshBooks. Thanks, FreshBooks. Buck, buck. Uh, put that into show notes. All right. Um, two, two, uh, two possible forks uh, that we have put into things. Hmm. <clears throat> We could talk about wire cutter. I, I also just want to mention something, mention something in passing. I don't know. This is not interesting. Everybody's talking about the Apple news. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about it. Well, it's, it's, it's just, kind of interesting. Well, I mean, I, I only have, I have one, um, not very insightful data point that somebody made me realize that I'm just thinking about mm-hmm. now. So I'm I'm the wrong person to summarize this, but essentially, for the first time since I think 2001, Apple has uh, chosen to update their guidance on their quarterly reporting in terms of like you know how much money they made. It's something very that Apple has not done in a long time. Where Tim Cook uh, wrote a letter to investors yesterday, mm-hmm. saying owing to what business climate in China, et cetera, right. uh, the trade stuff, blah blah blah, that they are. It's not. It's not like the biggest deal in the world. In some ways, the small deal is they're saying we're going to probably make what half a billion dollars less than we said we would. Yes, something like that. Yes. The bigger news is that they had to do that. That's the part that's blowing people's minds because Apple is historically very good. Uh, it is said that Apple is very good at you know giving guidance that is pretty straightforward about what they're doing and it doesn't hurt that the guidance they've given in the past has been mostly good news going up, 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 up. Right. So now the floodgates are open. Last time I checked this morning, Apple was down, I think eight over 8%. Uh, 
Um, they're worried it's going to drag down sectors of the economy at a time when it doesn't really need it. But it's certainly in our uh, blogosphere, mm-hmm. our pod podisterium. <laughs> it's a it's a big it's a big topic that people are going to talk about until I literally want to kill myself um, because it's fun to speculate about those things. Uh, before I say my thing, what, do you have anything you want to say about this? Well, Either I mean, stuff I missed or additional things, the stuff you're thinking. This has got you thinking about. Well, the one thing that that. I was reading about, and I was reading a, let me see if I can find this. It was on Daring Fireball. Yeah, um, there's an article uh, John put up there, Steve Jobs and Apple's last previous earnings warning. Apparently the last time that they had, I'll put this in show notes, the last time that they had a earnings warning was June 18th, 2002. 2002. Okay, so right around the time of the iPod, I guess. That's correct. And um and what John points out is that there were two, they did two paragraphs, two paragraphs. I won't read them, but um, the, I'll read part of it. And that is at the end of it, uh, it says, like others in our industry, we're experiencing a slowdown in the sales quarter. As a result, we're going to miss our revenue projections by around 10%, resulting in slightly lower profits. This is what Steve Jobs said about it. We've got some amazing new products in development, so we're excited about the year ahead. As one of the few companies currently making a profit in the PC business, we remain very optimistic about Apple's prospects for long-term growth. That's it. This is all mm-hmm. they said about it. And uh, John points out that Tim, Tim Cook's letter was about 1,400 words. Um, <laughs> right. The lady doth protest too much. Yeah. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. And, and yes, we're in a different climate today than we were in 2002. And that was a long time ago. Uh, in computer terms, especially. So, you know, yes, the industry is different and, and Apple is a very different company between now and then. But I just thought that was a really interesting point that he made that, that consider the, the difference in the length of, uh, of the announcement. But I also think it's interesting because, yes, you know, the foreign markets now really have a huge impact on what we think of as an American company and, and in fact, mm-hmm. a, a California company, you know what Look I mean? Look at the movies. Look at the way movies are ma- being made differently now. It's yes. a huge deal. Yes. And, and so that's fascinating, I think, to think about. And the, the final thing um, is one of the things that they said that actually hurt them was that people are... Uh, d- oh, went right, d- right, right. I missed, I missed the, the most important part. Well, yeah, you you say those. it. You say it. No, you got the re- it. The repairing of phones, that actually really hurt their they bottom did, line. They did. The, so there's a beef for a long time where I think... Nobody ever like had to say say this as well, of course everybody talked about this but everybody knows that experience of having an iPhone for a period of time. I'm going to say if you've had a phone for at least a couple years, everybody knew for a long time, boy, it the battery uh on this thing uh doesn't seem to uh be working so good. Right. Or holding as much of a charge. I'd say that's <laughs> the first thing people notice. Yes. Seemingly perhaps completely unrelated. You tell me if I'm getting this way wrong cuz I don't want any email about this. Um then another thing happened. As my wife really got this was like it, it would just you'd have what seemed like a pretty decent charge like over 30 40% and then your phone would just die. It would just it would basically shut down. Right. At a certain percentage. Yeah. And those seemingly unrelated things happen. Well, the narrative became, hey, you know, after a while, you just got to get a new iPhone because the it's good. You're, you, you're really, on the one hand, obviously, you're going to benefit from t- two years is a long time in mm-hmm. the world of mobile electronics. They're greatly improved. After two years, you can get a better phone. Hey, you're going to get a new, by the way, that'll also have a new battery, which will be really nice. You're going to, you're not going to believe the difference. 
But then at what point, at some point, Apple copped to this thing where they said, basically, look, we're throttling, throttling the power, the functionality of your phone when your battery gets low to try and make it last longer. Wasn't that where this kind of started? Yes. That, then at some point later, I don't follow this stuff carefully. At some point later, battery, maybe, I guess last year, Apple said, look, you know, we're going to have this battery replacement program where you can bring in your phone of a certain age and for a nominal, what is it, like 30 bucks? For a fairly nominal amount of money, right. we'll put a new, ba- all we're going to do is change the battery in your phone and give you a fresh battery. That's the only difference. And so you take it from here. I guess a lot more people did that than they expected. A whole lot more people did that. And I think the unintended consequence of that was, holy crap, I got a new phone. And it felt slow before. I didn't realize how much that battery thing right. was affecting. Oh, we didn't mention also at some point in, I want to say in probably, was it probably in 11? Uh, at some point, I want to say iOS 11, there's an area where you could dig down and um, maybe it's 12. I don't, I don't I'm, I'm on the beta so early. I don't even remember anymore. Mm-hmm. But in, a, in the last year or so, they've added a new thing where you can go into settings and see what the current battery power right basically how, how, retention how how good your battery still is right there expressed as a percentage there used to be i guess apps and other things that did it but now i think you're right i'm looking for it right now as to where they show that information i have an app that i run all the time on my mac that does that it shows me how many yeah, it says you have a lifetime. battery or something i think i use fruit juice fruit juice it's, I think that's what it is. And it says, like, it'll, it's really cool. I've been running on the 2015 MacBook Pro I oh, bought get, last oh, year. Get this thing. Look at that. It's really good. And so basically, it'll, it'll, for one thing, it'll warn you, not warn you, it'll throw a notification once a day and say, hey, look, you've been on, um, you've been on AC Power for all day. Why don't you unplug it for a while? And the target for that for me at this point is like a, a, for an hour and 20 minutes, something like that. And then that, you know, makes, not conditions the battery, whatever the word is, it makes sure your battery doesn't get stupid. Well, I have, and, I have added uh, both of those, yours uh, and mine, which is called Coconut Battery 3, both of them in, in the show notes. So you, if Some more thing? This is for, um, it'll work for your iOS device if you've plugged it in. Uh, somehow, but it's mainly for a, a Mac thing. Yeah, and then the neat thing is, it'll you can get a little pull down uh, menu uh, or up in the menu bar, and it'll say you can when you click on that, it'll say things like, okay, you know, you're rated for one thousand charges. You're currently at sixty of those one thousand charges, and I try to monitor that. And you know, I want to make this thing last. I love this computer. It's the one Marco recommended. It's way better than the current MacBook Pros. If you can live without USB C, it is such a good computer. And um, and so I watch that. And then what it'll do is occasionally, uh, actually I got this two days ago, it'll throw up a notification say, okay, it's time to do a maintenance cycle. And for a maintenance cycle, you unplug it. The Fruit Juice app keeps the screen on, keeps the thing running until it gets down to, I think, I want to say 20%. Mm-hmm. It says, okay, you can plug back in. You're good. And you won't hear from us again for a while. But, you know, that's we're obviously on a desktop. You're talking about a whole different thing. Yeah. The, the, the nut here appears to be, and it's it's difficult to tell. There's so many reasons this becomes a mysterious message. Because for one thing, they've cut down, apparently, cut down heavily on the granularity of reporting about devices, units sold. It's become more of a black art to try to guess how many of any given unit Apple is selling. Mm-hmm. They did that for a long time with other kinds of devices, but I don't know the exact details, but the timing on it is kind of funny because they recently announced they're going to cut down even further on the amount of granularity in their reporting on unit sales. But the buzz has been for several months that iPhone sales are flagging. Right. Is that 
why is that? Is it because China? Right. Is it because, holy crap, you're to get the good phone, you're going to spend $1,100 now. Right. I mean, you can kind of get something out the door for under a thousand, but if you want the good phone now, that's a thousand dollars. a thousand bucks. And, and it's like, um, what we were just talking about it, you were pointing out, you know, um, they were throttling or they are throttling when your battery has those issues. And so if you had a six or a seven, so you got a success, you put a new battery in it. It's going to, uh, it will seem faster. What is that? And you three-year-old, won't know why. three-year-old phone. My daughter has our old success. Yeah. And so it's going to seem faster and now you're going to get amazing yeah. ba- battery. I wonder if the batteries that they're putting in aren't better just by nature of technology and progress. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's a slow march, but I'll bet you're right. You know, even if it's 10% better, that's huge. And, uh, and of course it it's going to feel, even if it's the exact same performance as the battery was when it was new years before you got the phone three years ago, it's still going to feel faster, better, newer. Right. So why the heck would you upgrade? You can so the, the first, do, the first you know? line of speculation that I think is entirely reasonable. The first line of speculation among the nerds is, huh? Maybe people don't feel the urgency to up their, update their device right. every every year yeah. or two like we do. Isn't that interesting? And that brought me to something Scott McNulty said yesterday. My friend Scott McNulty on Twitter um, said, here's my hot take. Most people look at their smartphones as an appliance, not as a device that needs to be upgraded often. Mm. I thought that was thought provoking. Just is. check out. And this is the line. This is the line that really got me thinking. And I had a little sixth sense moment where I suddenly was flashing back to the last year of my life and what I've seen. He says, just check out how many people are using phones with shattered screens. Only nerds with too much money and not much sense update every cycle on mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. he says. And I thought about that. And, and like I say, I had a little sixth sense moment. I'm telling you, man, whether it's like Lyft drivers uh, grocery delivery people, like normal normal people who do not have unlimited funds. I'm going to say, I want to say, I don't know. I don't want to be dramatic. I'm going to say well over a third, although it feels like in my gut over half of people have at least a crack in their screen, huh. if not a partially like shattered screen. I have family members that have had the same cracked or shattered screen f- for like a year. And I see that and it makes me very anxious because I really baby my phone. I've, I've only broken one iOS device myself ever, the screen. Mm-hmm. But these are people out doing stuff and having jobs. They're not just sitting at a desk doing podcasts. But that doesn't drive them crazy. They're still using that phone. And there's something that's got Or it drives them crazy and there's nothing they can do about it because they're not about to spend 1000 bucks on a new phone. Correct. But even in the prioritization... Okay, so how about this? Let's say you were extremely budget constrained and you were a person and that where that really bothered you. I see ads on MSNBC all the time for these like third tier carriers that are like, come on in today and we'll give you four Samsung phones. <laughs> like, just sign up for the plan and we'll give you four phones. <laughs> and it's like, wow, I bet they're not super good phones. But if you were somebody who was inclined to be OCD and uptight about a cracked screen, you could walk out today and like for what for what you make in a couple hours, you could buy a phone. Right. Yes. It might not be a thousand dollar iPhone. But these are a commodity. If it did drive you crazy, you could switch to Android today and you probably wouldn't care. You still use Facebook. Right. You still use Instagram. You can still do all of the things. It's just there's all kinds of implications to that thing Scott's mentioning that got me really thinking about what the next couple years look like. You know, I don't, I don't know. It, I don't know. It used to be you could get an Apple or iPhone device that felt impossibly new and powerful 
for what, 500, 600 bucks? Yeah. Like it was a stretch, but mm-hmm. you keep it for two or three years if you're somebody who wasn't a dingling like us. I don't know. Do you, does that make you think at all about like, oh, not yeah. just Apple, but I'm, I'm, it's a leading question, but doesn't that make you think a little bit about like what comes next in portable devices as they become more powerful, even at a lower price point? It sure does. And I wonder, I think about that a lot in that, you know, my, and there is, and this is, I wonder, I don't think this is a big enough movement to be affecting Apple's bottom line yet, but that push for let's not, let's not use our phones. Let's spend less time on our phones. Let's, let's, you know, even Apple itself has the little update that says you spent 5% less time on your phone this week than last week. I dread Sunday mornings. How is that (laughs) good for their business though? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we, you know, Ford, use your drive less. You know, they're never going to use that. They're never going to be their slogan, drive less. They, they, but you know, in fairness though, I do feel like, um, I am, I'm still getting used to, something I've been begging for. I mean, you go back, I don't know, you can probably go back two years and this is something I asked for was like easier, easier dealing with notifications in terms of like, I never want to see this notification again. Yeah. Like they've made that a lot better. Like today I realized that my air monitor throws me way more notifications than I want. I went in and shut it off, but now you can just slide from right to left and say like, I want to receive these, deliver these quietly. I don't want to receive these anymore. Yeah. I do think they have put their money where their mouth is on some of this stuff. It's, you know, maybe not quite the stake in the ground that privacy is for them, but I, I do feel like there is a good faith effort on their part to say, like, let's make this a device that's not going to be intrusive. If, you, if you're finding this an intrusive device, we want to accommodate ways to make that less intrusive for you. But, yeah, you're right. You're right. At, at the heart of it, you wouldn't say to somebody, buy this upgrade to this Tesla because you'll want to drive it less. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, so I don't know how they're doing that. Or if they're kind of doing it and like, well, maybe no one will notice that we're telling people to use their phones less and actually helping them and encouraging them to use it less. But I, I will, I maintain and I will continue to say that the truth is nobody really wants to use a phone. Nobody wants to own a phone. Nobody wants mm-hmm. to carry a phone. They are the best solution that we currently have, but nobody really And yes, I mean, like I play games on the phone. I read stuff on the phone. It's super handy, but Mm -hmm. it never feels like it always feels like a compromise in one way or another. Well, the screen's good, but wouldn't you rather be looking at your iPad or your computer screen or your Mac or your Mac? Yeah, I would. Uh, Okay. Well, you know, like it's small, right? But wouldn't it be a little bit better if it was smaller, if you didn't have to carry it at all? Yeah, but then you'd give up the screen real estate, right? So we can't have that. Well, what if it folds? What if it curves? What if the edges are edge to edge? And, you know, all of these different things. Oh, well, you know, people talk about um, battery life and all oh, the battery life on the X, uh, the 10 R is uh, XR. The 10 R is better. Hmm. And uh, my kids, my kids both call them X's. So now I've started calling X's, hmm. you know, but That's what all, it says <laughs> everything is a compromise. Now everything is a compromise. And then there's the price. Like, do you really want to spend a thousand dollars? Is it really going to be obsolete in a year or two or three? You know, Apple wants it to be obsolete. And yet Apple always talks about how great they are. And they are great for making, the new operating system work on much older hardware. They keep doing it. And it's amazing to me that they keep doing it, but it does make a it difference. It hurts too. them. Yeah. 
It hurts. Yeah, them. no, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Let's let's move into an area that I'm going to call anecdote corner, where <laughs> we provide some absolutely unscientific uh, information that is some con some combination of confirmation bias and availability heuristics. But if I do start thinking in the way that we're talking here, a lot of stuff does start to click into place for me. Um, do you, okay, let's go back. Wait, let's go way back. Do you remember when? You'll certainly remember when I want to say. Power books. There was there was a funny point in the early two thousands. Uh, I feel like the early to mid. No, let's say by the mid two thousands, you really saw that a corner had been turned with Apple laptops. And I think especially this was a time when I was much more involved with going to conferences or yeah. you know what have you. And there was a pretty stunning difference where if you looked at an audience picture uh, in two thousand or nineteen ninety nine, like a, a a panoply of different Windows-based laptops would be in the audience used by press and attendants. Many, many things. And I, it was fairly early on. There was one time I went to this Microsoft conference in um, Seattle. And I, I remember, I feel like that was one of the first times where I was like, wow, I can't believe how many people here are using a laptop with a glowing Apple logo on it. And it felt like a big deal. Yeah. When you started going places, whether that was Starbucks or whether that was watching the news on TV, you started seeing more and more and more and more people using Apple laptops um, to where it was like, it was kind of this, it became almost like the standard. It had always been kind of a standard for creative people, but you know, on a, on a desktop. But like, as far as the people who needed a laptop, you were seeing more and more Macs. And that really, that felt like, like such a big deal. Within the first, I'm going to say three years, Definitely after the 3GS, you saw a similar thing with the iPhone, where suddenly it was like, you know, first it was this Veblen good. We're like, who could afford this iPhone that could only run on AT&T and didn't have cut and paste? You're right. It was very much like a novelty for a little bit. But then within like, it feels like, what, three, four years? Everywhere you went, at least in San Francisco, you'd see so many people using iPhones. Planes, cafes, wherever you went. You with me so far? Yep. Now, if I'm going to go into Anecdote Corner... And I'm going to go into my mind palace for a minute. I have to tell you, anecdotally, I see a lot fewer iPhones in the wild than I used to. If I do see iPhones in the wild, there's one very interesting and somewhat obvious thing. Look for a button. Do you see a button on the phone? And there are certainly a lot of fancy lads like me Mm. that have, like at this point, a face ID. But you will see... A lot of a lot of the iPhones that are still out there, they ain't from the last year. They are they've got a big rugged case on them. Somebody's playing a game involving jewels or candy on it, and uh, like on the bus or on the train. Um, but then you know what else you see? And I, I do this thing. I do this thing where w- lady at the bodega, my Lyft driver, whomever, if they're using an interesting looking non Apple phone. I'll often say to them, oh, yeah, um, who makes that? What is that? And they'll go, oh, I don't know. I think it's a Samsung. Right. I'm like, do you like it? <laughs> right. Do, do you like using it? Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Like, you'll see these, like, screen, full screen, like, especially with Lyft drivers, they're using these, like, very fancy Android phones that, like, full screen, big, iPhone X sized, like, just really, really pretty popping screen. It's plugged in all day, so it's nice and bright. But the lady at my bodega, I, I, this is probably two weeks ago, I was like, yeah, you, um, that's a really big phone you've got. As I was like, you know, you, do you like it? She's like, oh yeah, I love it. She's on it all the time. She's talking on the phone. She's playing games. She's doing Facebook. You know, she's my bodega lady. I see her and we have a little relationship. And I was like, you, 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 you like it though, right? She's like, oh yeah, yeah, I love it. I was like, in this, you like the big screen? She's like, I love the big screen. And I was like, so just out of curiosity, 
is that kind of your main computer also? She says, oh yeah, this is my, mm-hmm. the only thing I have. Right, that's her, that's her internet, that's, that's her, her email. That's her computer. Right. She's like a Chinese person. She's like someone from China. Mm-hmm. She does not have an array of devices that she used for, oh, which iPad will I watch this movie on? This is her, that is her device. And what did she pay for that? I don't know. She's the bodega lady. Maybe $500? I don't know. Probably less. But it's a giant-ass screen. It is not broken. So what I am stipulating here in Anecdote Corner, which is full, rife with logical fallacies, uh-huh. is that <laughs> I see a lot fewer iPhones in the wild than I used to. When I do see iPhones in the wild, they're generally pretty old and or cracked and strained. Yeah, I see a ton more Android phones than I used to in San Francisco. Right. And, and you're, I mean, you are, are, you are in the... Uh, the epicenter of where all of that I, happens. Well, too. no, I'm not. I'm in. I'm adjacent to the epicenter in that I live out in the western part of San Francisco. That's mostly, you know, second generation Asian immigrants, um, and college students. So it's a little. It's not not the same thing you're going to see like if you're at you know Moscone or something. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just tossing all that out for anecdote corner because. Um, and you certainly, like I say, you certainly, you know what, you know what I do see people. This is interesting. Um, what I do notice because it's super easy to notice is that people who do have modern iPhones, I see a lot of AirPods. Mm-hmm. Way AirPods that were so dorky, and why would anybody ever wear those? I love mine, but like I can't believe how often I see those now. That that to me has become like the much more than watches. For normal people, like a lot of people who have iPhones do have AirPods. I do notice that. Anyway, that's my, that's my, that's my anecdote for all this. I don't know what's happening in China. I don't know if we should be worried about Tim, but like, I, I've been reluctant to get too worked up about the rising prices stuff. Yeah. Cause I figure they have their reasons. It's impossible to miss one specific person in all of this, Fraser Spears. Fraser Spears is pretty tight with the buck, <laughs> not because right. he's Scottish, but because he's conservative. Fraser Spears, who has this whole history, like he just finished a very good podcast about iPads with uh, Federico Vitici. They just closed the doors on that. Not least because he's basically stopped using Apple stuff. He runs the IT for a school in Scotland. Mm-hmm. He needs to be able to deal with uh, a one-to-one iPad or a one-to-one tablet system in his school which i think has historically been ipad but fraser's just like he's mad like do you know what the cost is in europe for these devices you know it's expensive here you have any idea how much more expensive it is in europe where has he written about this something i could read um about it to well, learn just, more just about look his- up, if you just look on his twitter for the last few months you'll see it f-r-a-s-e-r um but you know god i first became aware of fraser through he wrote a mac plug-in for uploading to Flickr back in the day because he's also a photographer. Anyway, long story short, but you know, it's interesting because now he's, he's talking about his journey. Now the thing he says he misses the most is the Apple watch, but he's not, he's not missing his phone and his iPad that much anymore because mm-hmm. he's found devices that do what he needs to do. And for the love of God, trying to run, you know, uh, a school with kids and being able to deploy all that. He's like the, you know, the Google tools for this are, there's not even a contest trying to do this with Google software versus Apple software. It's not even a contest. It's just, I don't know, it's an interesting time. But I noticed his price sensitivity about that in having to kit out his entire household with, because, you know, you're going to want to be on one system in a house. You don't want everybody to be on different, one kid running a Linux phone or whatever. You're not going right, to want that. Right, right, Anyway, I, uh, what do you think about the concern with rising prices in the U.S. and abroad? Do you think in the last year, this last cycle, do you think that's having an impact on sales? Well, I mean, 
all I can do is to, to be, you know, join you in anecdote corner and tell you that my mom uh, was just talking to me a couple days ago. She has the seven plus. Mm-hmm. And she asked me the question that inevitably happens every time that she visits or that I see her. She said, well, should I get a new phone? Do I need a new phone? I think I need a new phone. And I hmm. say, well, what have you got? And she says, I've got the seven plus. I said, I don't think you need a new one. Are you having any problems with it? No. Um, but I see that there's these new ones out there and I feel like I'm left behind. I said, well, what, what do you feel like you're missing? You yeah. know, do you take lots and lots of pictures and you need a better camera? No. Does the phone seem slow to you? No. Is the battery life good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like the size of the screen? Oh, I love the size of the screen. Well, what what do you want to get with the new one? And I, you know, well, yours looks really cool. I said, well, here, you know, check it out. And she said, well, where's the home button? Oh, there's no home button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, how do I how do I use it? I said, well, you tap and you swipe up and it looks at your face. And, oh. I don't want that. I like the yeah. button. I said, well, you know, once you use it, it's not, it's not, an, the, 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 that is a, a one to three day feature. To for me, it to. was like a day. I was totally, you can't on even board demo it, it for her though. No, like she can't grab that and demo it. You know, there's no demo mode for that. <laughs> right. But the fact is, you know, that aside, like there were really no reasons that she could come up with other than the new ones seem cool. And I like new stuff. We all like new stuff. And so, you know, what are you going to do? Like, it's here you are with a phone that actually works really well in her case. And that, yeah, maybe if there's a problem with it or it breaks or it does start to get slower, whatever, she might consider it. But there's less and less of a reason. Plus, the fact that you plunk down as much as you have to get one of these phones, it makes you much less likely to want Mm -hmm. to swap it out for something else. And I, I, um, who was the? guy that you were saying a, a few minutes ago that was talking about you know the the hesitance to Fraser Fraser Spears. no before him the other one but uh, I didn't know I didn't get his name but you know the whole point is like here are phones that work really well and they work for a long time and mm-hmm. they uh, th- there is less and less of a reason to update it do you still get the latest greatest features from the latest yeah, version right. of the iOS yeah you do and mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. That's a lot. A thousand dollars is a lot, no matter how you, you look at it. And I think this, you know, the fact that they have good products does hurt Apple in a way. And, you know, the computers that we have last a long time. Now the phones last a lot longer than they used to. Gosh, my, my son is obsessed. I have the two, uh, the iPhone one and the uh, iPhone at the first S model which I can't remember. Was it the one S? Was it just the S? What was are you talking it? about? The very early iPhone, the first iPhone. Oh, the still like all roundy. Yeah. And then the yeah. second one that came out was the S, which put it on LTE, right? The first one didn't have LTE. If I'm right, something like that. And you couldn't make a call and use data at the same time on, on oh, right, some of the right, networks. Right. So like I have those still have the first two and he always, he's like, Oh, I want to, I just want to plug it in and charge it and use it. I'm like, I don't really feel like doing that, but you look at these two phones and you're like, there was a big difference between what those two phones gave you with the, the S model. And then when they eventually went to retina and you had retina, that was like a huge upgrade. Mm-hmm. And then when they added touch ID, a huge upgrade. Yeah. I haven't seen what I would identify as a killer 
uh, feature or a real reason that made, you know, I wanted to go to the 10. So I got the 10, but, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm not seeing anything with the S or the R model that makes me want to upgrade. And I'm not sure what kind of feature they're going to be able to come out with that will, of course, inevitably, yes, I'll, I'll get whatever the new one is in a few more years, but mm-hmm. my own upgrade cycle has slowed down a lot. I'm, I'm waiting longer than I used to, whereas I used to get the new phone on the day it came out. Now I might go one, two cycles before I, I get the next one. And a big part of that is, yeah, cause it's expensive. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm, I don't say this with a surpassing amount of pride, but no, I still do. I mean, like I, I, I would like to think I'm somebody who doesn't do that, but the truth is I am, I, I do, I do upgrade often. Part of what I'm trying to say is that in, in my case, I'm not saying for you, in my case is that like, I, I think that's going to become, if it's not already something that's mostly just for high end, you know, dinglings, it's certainly looking that way. And Android, and then, and then your question becomes like, okay, do we, if we're no longer in the business of getting somebody to upgrade from their serviceable two and a half to four year old phone, like what do we do to really attract people to want to do this every year? Because that represents a pretty significant significant shift in strategy. Not least that like this is no longer a thing where somebody walks into the mall to buy a phone. If you if you're if you're basically saying, and I now I'm really stretching here, I, I suppose, but if you're essentially saying like, okay, we've realized that our umbrella for this market has leaked, and now we're losing people to either keeping the old phone or right. getting or moving to somewhere else, like they're not that stuck in the ecosystem. How do we cater to the people who are going to spend a thousand dollars on a phone every year? Yeah, because now now you're really making a different kind of phone. If you try to split the difference and say, well, you know, we're going to have these, we're going to try and keep our prices low. I mean, that's not how Apple works. They're, then they're pot committed. They seems would become pot committed to trying to find some way to like vastly improve the phone every year to where somebody would want to like, you got to get a new case. You might have to get a new, like, you know, adapter. It has these knock on effects. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, before we lay into wire cutter, why don't you tell me about something you like? I will tell you all about care of care of. Are you on the care of uh, bandwagon? If not, you should. I've been on the care of, I had me a big, big box of those things. You got to get a big box. I like, I want to do it again just to do the selections. I kind of want to try something different and see if I can transform myself yeah, you into can, a different kind of monster. You could do that. Well, care of it's a monthly subscription vitamin service. They deliver completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. So, okay. I'm going to jump out of the read for a second and say, that's not what they told you to say. No, what I imagined they were going to do was I thought they were going to send me like bottles of pills. I don't know why I thought that, but that's not what they do. They send you personalized. Well, for, let me take a step back. First, what you do is you take their little online quiz. That is the thing Love you were just quiz. saying that you like doing. I like doing it too. It asks you about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle choices. It takes like five minutes, but this helps them figure out and build for you a personal scientifically backed vitamin and supplement uh, regimen or a recommendation of this is what you should get. And then, because here's the reality is it's very hard to know what vitamins or supplements you, you should be taking. And it's also tough to know what's out there. 
you can go to a, a you know a Whole Foods or something and and like look at the shelves and you're like wow there's a thousand different kinds of magnesiums and they're all different. What am I even supposed to be taking magnesium? I feel like if there's a thousand, maybe I should. But which one do I get? How much do I take? They figure all of this out for you. They make it easy to find out specifically what you personally need to be your healthiest. And then this is the cool part. They send you a box and it comes to your door every month. They give you exactly what you need, but they are in these cool little daily packs, these personalized daily packs. So you can grab one of these things. You don't have to, well, hold on. Where's the bottle? I need to take the cap off and put the pill and maybe I need a container for it. No, it's a little- Did I take it today? Right. Did I take two? Did I take the right amount? Am I going to grow hair on my palm? Am I going to get the squirts? Like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm doing this whole ad hoc vitamin thing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know from vitamins. Save me, Kerov. Well- Care-of will save you for all that. They make it so easy to do. And these personalized little packs, I can't talk about how much I like them. You grab that thing, you take it with you where you're going. You're going on a trip. You grab as many as you're going to need on the trip. And uh, and just yesterday, I was walking down the street and somebody uh, uh, pulled their car over and jumped out and said, uh, Dan, uh, hmm. I'm, I'm a vegan. Hmm. And, uh, and, and his wife jumped out of the car and she says, I'm a vegetarian. What about us? My God, where were you going? They're just walking down the street. And that, and now you're you're dealing with that. And I said, listen, huh. I said supplement options are available to match your dietary needs. The devil you say. That's true. And you can even track your progress with the Care of app, and you can earn rewards when you remember to take your vitamins. Like they figured this whole thing out. They made it fun. It's like a game. And uh, and I, I I take these every day now. And you know, you go in, you say, what do you want? Did you work out? What do you do? And you put all this stuff in. And then they ask you about like other little things. Like, do you ever do you ever have trouble falling asleep? Oh yeah. Well, then we'll give you a thing for that. Do you ever want a little boost of energy for your workout? Yeah, we'll give mm-hmm. you a thing for that. So they have a special offer. I know you do not acknowledge New Year, but they do. Mm. And uh, they're giving for for the New Year fifty percent off your first month. Of personalized care of vitamins. The URL, That's a lot of percent, Dan. Let's be honest. It's half. Hmm. Takecareof.com is a place to go. Spelled out. Takecareof.com. And enter the code back to work 50 Back to work 50 Spelled out five. Just, well, not spelled out. Back to work is spelled out. Hmm. But just the number five, number zero. Back to work 50 Keep hitting the keyboard till you get vitamins. And uh, you'll get 50% off. So we, we want to say thank you. And I'm, I, uh, I, love, I love this business. I like this product. It's super easy. Takecareof.com. Back to work 5-0 for 50% off your first month. Thanks to, to Careof for supporting this program. Thanks, Careof. Buck, buck. Tim Gunn is uh, one of Nancy Pelosi's uh, guests at the swearing-in today. Oh, cool. Tim Gunn, uh, Mickey Hart from The Grateful Dead, and Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett's okay. still kicking, you know. That guy's that guy's out there. Um, I don't know. You know what? This is this is going to be part of our continuing speculative uh, series. Uh, anecdote town, <laughs> anecdote corner. Uh, so wire cutter, yeah, wire cutter. I this is this is really super anecdotal, but i don't know man like for a long time wire cutter has been a very reliable i feel like it has been a very reliable place to go when you don't know a whole lot about something you know you want or need like whether that's appliances um whether that's bedding whether that like you name it like sous vide wand like if there's something where you're like okay I'm ready to spend some money on a thing. 
Just tell me which one to buy yeah. that I'll be happy with. For years now, Wirecutter has been a great place to go for that. I have several friends that have written for Wirecutter, and they all say the same thing. Oh my God, you cannot believe how much time goes into every one of their reviews. It's heavily, the review is reviewed by the editors. It is picked within an inch of its life. Again, people like Jason Snell, um, obviously people like Jackie Chang have been there for years. Um, I think Dan Frakes, right? Was, has, was in there for a long time, but like, yeah, uh, they got bought by the New York times. I'm not sure if that has anything to do with it, but like, I don't know, man, slowly, slightly over time, especially when it's something I do know a little bit about mm-hmm. to a okay amount about, I'm really puzzled by the things that they suggest as the best option. So you guys know what Wirecutter is. They recommend consumer things. They go in and they review it. They look at all of the options and then boil it down to their best pick for this. Um, then they usually have a runner up to that pick. And what's the third one? The like upgrade, upgrade right. uh, version, right? Yes. So, so before I go on any longer, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your thought on uh, modern Wirecutter? Well, uh, I remember when it, it used to feel, Wirecutter used to feel like it was a, a group of kids like like in some lab where they had everything and they were like just mm-hmm. testing it. And it was like, we, we figured out what the best thing. And, and just like Amazon, Amazon started out with like books for programming nerds. And now they yeah. sell a little bit of everything. I feel like Wirecutter kind of started out kind of focused on this stuff that we, we nerds like to look at. And then they started branching out into just bigger, more consumer things. And now you really, you know, it was like, that was the place I would go to find out what TV should I get? That was like the Wirecutter yeah. for me. It was like, what TV am I supposed to buy? Wirecutter will know. But now I, they- I don't even know what to look for. Well, I'm better at it now, but as of like last year, I had no idea what to even look for. I know I wanted to be uh, like a certain size and have certain features, mm-hmm. but like it was, it's very difficult to go and do this on your own, not least because the internet, like if you want to find out the truth or the facts or the bullet points about virtually anything on the web, there's so much SEO crap that makes it very difficult so to hard. find something reliable. It really is. And, and I mean, you, when you find, anytime you find a review that has a prominent link to the product on Amazon right in the middle above the fold, that sometimes can be a little bit of a red flag. I think we may come back to that issue in a minute, but that can be a red flag because this is basically, it's a thin affiliate <laughs> for selling stuff on Amazon, let's be honest. But you, but you feel like you feel like you have pretty good luck in the past? Like you go in and you find no, sensible I mean, advice? A, a, on a couple things, but then, and I feel like this was more than a couple years ago, but it was at least two years ago, um, they started to, recommend things like microphones and preamps and other things like that They've definitely broadened their recommendations there's a there's a lot of stuff on here well categorically i disagreed with every single recommendation they made when it came to anything relating to podcasting or audio or anything like that and of course microphones hmm. and headphones and those kinds of things are are so personal and so i mean contextual it depends yes. on your environment it depends on your so skills much. so yeah, much there's all kinds of things that would play into that right the right car for you might be a prius it'd be like recommending the right pair of shoes yeah how could you do it and 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 you know what what's perfect for you is uh, the prius and what's perfect for the the guy over there is the ford f-150 and you're he, yeah. he's gonna look at you and say the prius won't work for me and you say that truck's not gonna work for me well both are right though so it's hard. It's so hard to say something that, oh, this is the best when it's really subjective. Whereas I feel like, yes, you can, you can measure certain things and say, 
well, this is the dynamic range of the mic, or this is the brightness of the television screen. Like you can measure those things, but to say, this is the one that sounded better. No way you can't do it. But then I, I felt like I started to notice more and more things in the wire cutter where I would look at them and say, I don't like that doesn't seem right. Or, or I don't know. I just, I feel like something like you said before, I don't know what it is, but I feel like something has changed and I don't feel like I can just trust what they say. And like, well, wire cutter said this one was the best. So I'm just going to go buy that one. And I used to feel like that in some ways. Um, try uh, what I've done is I've gone into my history in Safari. I'm trying to find things I've looked at on wire cutter. Um, boy, this is so lame. And I, I feel like I'm really just shooting fish in a barrel. This is, the, I, I can't give you that many specific examples, but I will tell you this. Um, I, there are, there are times when I go in, like a recent example is, um, our, our sous vide dingus that we use, yeah. um, has, well, for a variety of reasons, I've wanted to get a new slash second one of these to have. So I went in and looked at it and, um, it's, it's just, okay, here's, it feels like I, let's set aside for a minute that they've done good work on researching all of these. My, my beef might be with the fact of what they pick out of those, not with their research behind it. My gut tells me they're cheaping out on a lot of these. Yeah. My, my gut tells me that what they often recommend, unless you dig in real deep on the context of it, they are suggesting what I would imagine is the least expensive pretty good option Mm -hmm. for a lot of things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they don't i mean do you remember back at wire magazine a wired they used to have when they would do reviews of a class of things Mm, yes they would have three choices they would have the best for most people the best for cheapskates and the best for people who want to shoot a wad (laughs) or something like that they had they (laughs) had like the title i don't know if that's the technical term for it (laughs) but they they had the wad shooter option but they but they would basically go in and say you know what for most people this one's going to be fine you're going to yeah. do okay if you don't know anything about this and wouldn't know which one of these to pick if you didn't visit this page just get this one cuz that's the one most people get and it's pretty good you know it's the silver option whatever whatever and the other one is hey look if you if that looks too expensive to you and you don't know what you're doing buy this one it's cheap and it's fine if you don't know what you're doing and want the best one available get this one and the difference in price would be dramatic let's say the the normal option that most people like is a hundred dollars right yeah the the cheapskate option might be 50 to 70 dollars and oftentimes just on this kind of bezos scale that i mentioned here and the third option the costly option might be 500 dollars and you go like, oh, whoa, whoa, no way am I spending $500. I'll get the one they recommend, which is the $100 one. That, that, and I have to say for myself, that, that is like a pretty satisfying way to look at this stuff. Because if you know, even though you don't know a lot about the thing you're getting, whether that's a blanket or a towel or a sous vide device or a, a waffle print shower curtain or whatever it is, sometimes you just say, you know what? For this class of item, I want the best one because what are you talking about? $12. Right. Like, give me the highest gauge, clear, plastic liner for my shower (laughs) like i want i want the cadillac of shower curtains and i don't care if it costs 18 dollars. right like guess what a seven dollar shower curtain will not make me as happy over the next six months as this almost 20 dollar shower curtain let's go crazy it's treat day let's get the really nice one (laughs) that's not what i don't feel like that's what they're doing yeah and and i have to tell you i'm gonna tell you why i'm thinking this and i wonder if you're thinking this too we know how wire cutter makes their dough. Yes. Like a lot of places, they make their dough 
I think probably primarily through Amazon affiliate links. Yes. There are times when their link, their primary link to something will be to a manufacturer's site. I assume because it's not available on Amazon. Yes. But unless they have a reason not to, it's always going to be a link to Amazon. And I don't, I don't have a problem with that. We do that. You do that with your five by five site. Yep. I've done it with tons of sites. It's a nice way to generate a little extra dough. And in this case, I've never had a beef with them doing it that way. Because in, in actuality, almost all of their links are to Amazon. So it's a way of saying like, it's not like they're trying to guide you into something that's only available on this obscure deals.com type site or whatever. Like everybody uses Amazon. That's no big deal. But there's something in my gut that makes me think they cheap out on the hour pick option because you're more likely to buy it if it's cheap. Yeah, that's is that, interesting. Is that, the, is that a terrible thing to say? No, I think you're probably right. Um, so my, my mom wants to sell some things on eBay and... She said, uh, how do I do it? And I explained to her how to do it. And I said, but you've, you know, you've got to buy a scale so that you can weigh the stuff. And she's like, oh, I don't really want to buy a scale for that. I said, oh, don't worry. They're super cheap. She's like, how cheap? I said, like, like 15 bucks. She's like, oh, that's, that's fine. You know, she thought she was going to have to buy some special postage scale. <clears throat> but instead of going to wire cutter or whatever, I just went in and typed in, I forget the search term I used, but I typed in like, um, your desk scale or mail mail scale or something like that into Amazon and mm-hmm. the Amazon pick the recommended one on Amazon. And I'm not sure what their algorithm is, but it had like 5,000 five star reviews and it was $13 and it turned out it was the same one that I use. Hmm. I said, here mom, get this one. And you know, later on, I actually went over to Wirecutter to see what they had. They didn't have a mail scale that I could find, but they had like a kitchen scale. And I'm looking, I just happened to have this browser open. So as you were looking, I was looking at it and their pick, $22 from Amazon, $25 from Bed Bath & Beyond. Budget pick, $11 from Amazon, $16 from Walmart. I guarantee you both of those are affiliates. And then the upgrade is $34 from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And there's also great $21 from Amazon. Now, there's nothing wrong with making some affiliate money. I think that's great. And if their model, which obviously is working for them, is to do it through affiliate stuff, that's great. But then you also wonder, like, what if the real best scale isn't isn't available anywhere except, like you said before, on the manufacturer's site? Will they still pick it? I'm sure that the, mm-hmm. the people who work at Wirecutter are listening right now and they're saying, of course, of course we would still pick that one. Uh, and I bet you that there are some examples in here of that, but how often can you have your pick of these popular items not generate any revenue? I mean, dude, if you're going to, if you're going to wire cutter and you're going to the TV section and you're, mm-hmm. you're going into, let's see the best TVs, I'm clicking it there. I spent a lot of time there. 650 bucks from Best Buy, 800 from Dell, uh, to, for this recommended one. And when I hover over it, um, yeah, let's see if there's if that's an affiliate link or not. But you know, I, I'm willing to. Yeah, it looks like it is. But it's it's also just reflected in how they choose to evaluate yeah. these things. Yeah, I mean, it's, they do they just evaluate what is on Amazon? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to seem like I'm I'm insensitive to people who are price sensitive. But like, okay, so I just search for TV on Wirecutter, and here's the sections I get: uh, best LCD slash LED TV. Best TV for video games. I'm just reading a few of these. Best 32-inch TV. Cutting the cord. Alternative best TVs. Best 4K TV on a budget. Right. They cheap out so hard on all of these. Interesting. 
So they're there, and I'm just saying, as somebody who spent a ton of time, especially on uh, artings, looking at like the the, like, the really the deep data and getting John Syracuse's seal of approval, <laughs> their their recommended best TV is a Vizio. <laughs> okay, fine, uh, like a Walmart TV, a Vizio, or a like a you know a Costco TV, Vizio P Series F1. That the 4K TV that they recommend is six hundred and fifty dollars. No, I. Mm, I know I know the costs have really come down on these right. things. That can't be right. Oh no, we're not done. Like there's okay, so that seems okay, fine. That's that's the best TV. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Uh okay, so then you get into best OLED TV. Now that in that case you're getting into some higher numbers. Um but yeah, I mean so yeah, in that case, yeah, best best LC or best um OLED TV, yeah, they are they are breaking the bank a little bit more. But what was the one I was looking at? The best was it Best TVs, best three, but there, I went in and I was looking and like the best, best, but they were like, like the bedroom, the guest bedroom for people you don't like size TVs that they were recommending. <laughs> it's like best TV in this class is, you know, $290. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. If I didn't know anything about TVs, I mean, almost all of the results feel like the best result for people who a don't know anything about this and b want to spend almost no money on it, which is fine if that's the way you frame it. But is it really? Is it really the best one? I mean, if you want a decent OLED TV, it's going to cost more than three times that amount, and that's just how it is yeah, right now. Yeah, that might change, but like my research indicates, if your if your OLED if your OLED TV costs you know eight hundred dollars, that might not be a great OLED TV. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it but feels if you just, weird. if you just looked at the pics on wire cutter, it would seem like that it was. Well, they do get some. So here's best TVs for video games and they pick Samsung. The Samsung TVs are reportedly very good. That one's $898. Other uh, recommendations, 1600. So it's not like they never recommend stuff that's costly. It's just that like in the case of the sous vide wand, the sous vide wand that they recommend is like the junior version of the world's most standard sous vide one that most of us use, which is the Innova Bluetooth. Um, which is fine, but like, it's just, it's just weird to me that like the, anybody who's going to say to somebody, look, I'm an idiot. What sous vide one should I get? You would get the Innova. Everybody gets that. If you want to be, if you want to get the jewel, the Jewel's kind of annoying because the jewel only has, you know, iOS. You can only, it doesn't have any controls on it, which is kind of a non-starter for me. Mm-hmm. And it certainly does not include the thousand dollar plus like professional sous vide things that you can get. But like, if I were going to say to somebody who doesn't know, like, I, I would, I wouldn't send them to the junior version of this. I would say spend thirty dollars more and like, or whatever it is, and ha- get the one you're going to have for two years. I got mine for Father's Day like two years ago. Yeah, and it's only now that I'm looking at like improving or upgrading it. I, I don't know. This is all awful, and I apologize to anybody who is or is not my friend at the wire cutter. I'm not trying to impugn your site. I, like I said in the prelude to this, I know people work real hard to do the work behind these decisions. I don't for a minute doubt the work behind the decisions. There's even a section in most of these, why you should listen to me. You know what I mean? Yes. Almost every review has a section that's like, well, I've been doing this for this many years and blah, blah, blah. I am, I have, I got no beef with the people who are doing the very hard, deep work behind this. I have suspicious beef with the people who make the decision ultimately about which one to pick Mm -hmm. because it seems weird and it feels less helpful than it used to. What a mean way to start the year. Yeah, seriously. Um, You know, you could tell me about one more thing you like and then I could tell you about a wonderful Twitter account 
that's been brought to my attention that I think you'd really like. Oh, I'm excited to hear it. And I have two, two or three little quick things for people too. also. So, is that okay? Uh, yeah. You want to do perfect. one more sponsor? Yeah, let's do it. It is RX Bar. RX Bar. I still. I've had these. I put these in my face. <laughs> Get in there. Get in my face. <laughs> you know what? That's the whole spot. I think that's all they all we need. Thanks, RX Bar. Buck, buck. Um, <laughs> what a terrifying sound. I like that. That could be like their... You know their official soundbite for. Well, let me ask you this: Do you do you pick up an RX bar when you're not hungry? No. You pick up an RX bar when you're starving. That's and right. You shove it in your face. <laughs> Dan, tell me about RX bar. RX bar is a whole food protein bar. Their bars are made with real whole ingredients, and uh, they they believe in the power of transparency. They list the core ingredients. Right on the front of the package. And you know what? I have to say, I have noticed other companies starting to do this now. We've redesigned our packaging so that it looks exactly like the RX bar. Oh, come on. They're doing it. Egg whites, dates, and Mm. nuts. Those are the core ingredients. And then the flavor components on the back, like real unsweetened chocolate or coconut or apples or whatever. They are gluten-free. They're soy-free. They're dairy-free. They have no artificial colors, no artificial flavors, no preservatives, and no fillers these things are great if you've got to, if you, you're going to miss breakfast, you want to have breakfast on the go. They're a great snack at the office. Or as Marla the, says, breakfast. Bre- that's, yes. Uh, <laughs> through the 3 p.m. slump, they're going to get you through that. You put these in your backpack. I keep a couple in the car as a post-workout snack because when you're done at the gym, you're like dying and you need something. These are perfect for that. These are really, really great just all around. And my kids love them. My kids think... That they are, um, they're like dessert now because they're so. My kids don't eat a lot of, uh, a lot of like processed foods or, or anything like that. I have no pro, I love giving them RX bars because they're super healthy and, um, they come in a ton of different flavors and they do seasonal flavors too. And now they have RX nut butter which contains the same few simple, similar ingredients like egg whites, fruits, nuts, and they're single-serving packets. My kids are obsessed with these. They're really, really, really good. They get not like nine grams of high-quality protein. They're squeezable. They're spreadable. And you can put these on fruit, rice cakes, pretzels. You can eat them out of the pouch like my boy likes to do. And uh, they've got flavors like honey, cinnamon, peanut butter, uh, vanilla, almond butter, these things are so great. This is my go-to number one uh, uh, snack or breakfast replacement. And uh, they're doing a special deal for our listeners. 25% off your first order of the bestseller variety pack. This is the best place to start because they have so many flavors. Yeah. You're like, well, how do I know what I like? Mm-hmm. This is what you do. You get 25% off when you get this bestseller variety pack. The URL to go to is the rxbar.com, rxbar.com slash back to work. And then to get that deal, you're going to enter the promo code back to work, one word, at checkout. This is valid. I, ha- I hate to say it. It's valid in the US only. Oh, man. But it, and, and it's for a limited time. It's a good so. reason to move here. So move. If you've gone through the process correctly. Move to the US. Yes. Step one. <laughs> step one. Step two, go to rxbar.com slash back to work. Step three, enter back to work promo code. And you get 25% off on that uh, bestseller. And if you're like me, you'll just keep getting the bestseller variety pack because it has all the stuff that, that we all like. So uh, try that out. But the seasonal flavors are really awesome. So while you're there, if you see 
uh, some of their seasonal flavors. Get try try getting a couple of those too, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. because they. You don't have to like them all. You just need to like one. Yeah, you just need to find the one that you like, and then you can go back and get the little box of just that one. But I'm looking to see right now what they. Oh, and look at this. They've got a whole thirty pack now. So if you're doing the whole thirty, you can uh, you can get that pack. Yeah, look at all this stuff. But anyway, just start with the bestseller uh, pack and then get the apple cinnamon because it's awesome. That's it. So thanks, thanks very much, rxbar.com. Welcome to America. Oh, Jesus. Max says somebody at the Atlantic is writing an article about Inbox Zero. Mm. Oh, God. Mm. Just let me die. Do you want to do your little the little thing? You do. Your, I can do mine. You can do yours. Mine's quick. Do yours. Um, this was brought to my attention by uh, 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 someone on Twitter whose name. Oh, see, I feel bad now. I want to make sure I get this right. Okay, I'm sorry. Give me a second. I want to credit this person. You know, 2019. I want to be better at crediting people. Um, I think it's. Uh, uh, I'm so sorry. J O N. I think it's Jonas Sink at Jonas Sink. J O N A S S I N K sends this sent this to me yesterday, and like this seemed really up up your alley. This is a Twitter account that is new to me. Oh my god! So Dan, in show notes, go to Brimley Cocoon Line. Brimley Cocoon Line. Okay, I'm going to read, while you're looking that up, it's at Brimley, at Brimley Line. I'm there. I'm going to read you the bio for at Brimley Line. It's a, (laughs) the icon, the icon is a photo of Wilford Brimley. And it says, when Cocoon reached theaters on June 21st, 1985, Wilford Brimley was 18,530 days old. This account makes note of people who have reached that age. This account, which I'm informed by the owner is not a bot. This is an account that goes and looks for people who just turned 18,530 days old, which I think is Alexa. How many years is 18,530 days? 18,530 days is 50.7 years. Mine just 50.7. did it too. 50.7. So Mine did it. Oh, hang on, hang on. Mine did it too. It heard you through the extra pair of headphones that I have sitting on the other desk oh, on the other geez, side of the room. I'm sorry. And it heard you and answered. I should check my privilege. I'm so sorry. Um, that is so crazy. Now, some of these may not be shocking. But a couple of them might be shocking. You go like, okay, uh, Patricia Arquette, right? Yeah. She's 18, she just turned 18,530 days old. Now, pause a minute. Patricia Arquette has turned the age that Wilford Brimley was in Cocoon. Yeah. Sebastian Bach from, from the rock band Skid Row. You ready for this one? Mm-hmm. James Eha from Smashing Pumpkins is the age that Wilford Brimley was when Cocoon came out. Now, we have to clarify this, though, because mm-hmm. Wilford, for, there are a lot of people out there who haven't seen Cocoon. Oh. Cocoon's uh, a movie about old people in which Wilford Brimley is not the oldest person in the movie. No, but, but he's up there. He's always looked 70. Yes. He looks very old. And in fact, didn't, wasn't, the didn't diabetes. you tell me he was 45? Oh, I mean, the, the one that kills me was like... Um, is that I think I'm like three or four years older than Carol O'Connor when he started All in the Family. My canonical idea of an old man. <laughs> right, an old, grumpy old man, that's him. Okay, so this is one, this is one from uh, January, or excuse me, December 16th. Are you ready for this one? 
And of course, these are hilarious, partly because he writes them in the same way for each one of these. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Born March 23rd, 1968, singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and producer Damon Albarn from Blur and Gorillaz is 18,530 days old. <laughs> Damon Albarn from Blur is the same age that Wilford Brimley was when Cocoon came out. <laughs> oh my god. This is thank you to Brimley Cocoon Line for making this account. It is curling my hair to look at some of these. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? I mean, basically everybody's older than you think. <laughs> yeah, that's a oh real good god. feeling. Oh, a seven of nine. 18,530 days old. Oh, yeah. Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. The late, late Gary Coleman would have been at the Brimley line. Boy, this is a good... Anyway, uh, so you go to, that's at, g- 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 at Brimley line on Twitter. I'm Recommend following it. them. Very cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Give me your stuff. Uh, all right. Um, the first one is in the show notes, uh, and that is, there is a neat little uh, website that I stumbled across. I can't remember where I heard it, but um, it is netflix-codes.com. And they they say, this is what it says at the top, Uh, you probably know that Netflix is using a really strange system to categorize its films and TV shows. Indeed, there isn't a categories tab. We have the solution. In this site, you'll be able to find categories by a little code. So what you can do is you can go to this website, you find the code for the category of stuff that you want to watch on Netflix, and then you put that code, which is usually like four or five numbers long. You just yeah. enter that code into the Netflix search bar. I feel like you showed me something like this a while back, um, but I don't remember this particular site, but you can browse through these different codes, but they have really, really, really it's broken so- stuff down. Have we not talked about this before? How the obscure categories? Um, I mean, there, some of them are like, there's some that you're like, oh, it's like, you know, um, a lot of the great ones are like, you know, uh, outdoor adventure drama starring a woman. Right. Or but deep get sea so horror much more. They get so much more obscure than that. They really do. So you can find exactly what you want. And for example, if you're interested in um, Belgian movies, that's code yeah. 262. If you're interested in goofy Christmas children and family films, well, that's 1475071. Gangster movies is 31851. Uh, and there's so, so many. Uh, and this is super useful. And I tried it and they, they you know, they work really you, good. No, I missed the part where you, now how do you get to that? Are you on Apple TV when you're doing this? Yeah, you go, you would go into Netflix and search uh-huh. and then you just oh. enter in these numbers and that takes you to the category. You can also use, um, there is a URL where you go to netflix.com slash browse slash genre slash, and then enter in the the code. Uh, But it's made easy because this website actually has the codes as links. So if I wanted to look at, let's say, um, slapstick comedies, that's code 10256. If I click that link, it takes me to netflix.com slash browse slash genre slash 10256. And then I have a long list, uh, not that long, of um, of all of their slapstick comedies. And they then break those down into the different sections of popular, trending now, music and musical, uh, top picks for Dan, that kind of thing. But this is how you can go and find just exactly the thing that you're in the mood for. And I thought that was... That's such a fun way in because... Fun. like. Something we've talked about for so long. I, I, I talked about this so much on Rectifs, but like it is, is there's, there's two things Netflix has done that make it 
make you feel a little bit crazy. I mean, the obviously the huge thing they've done in the last few years is to spend billions of dollars on new programming. Yeah, where there's new stuff coming out all the time. What was the name of that um, site? F L I X X. Was it Flixed? What was that site? Oh, come on, Flix. There's a site you can go to that will basically show you everything that's been added to Netflix recently in order. Uh, that was the one that you were talking about more recently. Yeah, what was it called? But it's become very, it's become very, um, it's become very frustrating to try and find stuff. Like it's, it's, it's crazy making. Flixed.io, is that the one? Oh, have they updated it? This looks really different. Anyways, so on the one hand, there's that. The other part is, at some point last year, they took out any notion of centeredness of home. Yeah. Like it used to be, if you started out on an icon, if you, you didn't, you, I guess you, you couldn't flick left, but you could only flick right. But now you can flick anywhere. There is no top. There, nothing's ever in the same place twice. It's completely crazy making. So what a fun idea if you got a couple days off, like go find like Canadian cowboy movies about lizards or whatever. Like you could just go watch a whole bunch of like, of, of, of like one crazy sub, 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 sub genre. What a great idea. Did you put that in notes? Yeah. Okay, cool. The other oh. thing <clears throat> uh, is something I found on, uh, on a, a website called Reddit. Reddit.com to two D's. I've heard of it. Two yeah. D's. And, um, and they use, they, they frequently, people on there will find a, a photo that exists on another site or they'll post it on another site and then they'll post a little thing about it. So I tracked the source of this one down, which go, comes on a site, uh, Imgur, I-M-G-U-R. Imgur? Imgur. Uh, and they, they have a little, um, a little tip here that I thought was fascinating. I haven't tried this yet, but it says when you sign up for websites, sign up for them using the website name as your first name. So when they sell your information, you will know who to confront. Oh, look at that. That's clever. And, uh, and so they're showing, um, this person's, uh, mail and it's to, um, it does they have their, their last name, like, scratched out but it would be like shutterfly smith or current resident <laughs> oh that's pretty good and and uh and so i thought that was since since this is a show about life hacks i yes, thought this would absolutely. be something that people could try oh that's such a good idea don't use that for password generation though it's a bad no, idea no don't do that with passwords um, um look at show notes i, I i'm sorry I, probably a ton of what i just said to you in the netflix segment sounded like pops and buzzes go to go to uh, the show notes okay i'm there and I'm, this I'm going to unlock for you the big list. Okay. Um, look at it's, it's like ogres-crypt.com. All right. Yes. Yes. Scroll down. Um. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> they get extremely specific. Yeah, they do. Let's see. What was ogres? Uh, what is, is I don't. I don't know how up to date this is. <laughs> witty, independent political movies. Wow, uh, this TLC, is way better TV, than the site that I was looking at. Suspenseful sports dramas, action and movies. adventure, starring Gene Hackman. <laughs> yeah, sports movies from the 1930s. Sentimental, <laughs> sentimental dramas based on a book from the 80s. <laughs> oh my god, this Quirky is so much better movies. than the site I was looking at. Oh, well, no, I mean, this is... No, this is, this is excellent. Silly. British independent political movies. I like this. Yeah, gritty westerns from the 60s. Gritty, gritty, gritty. Goofy movies. Oh, my gosh. Let's see, sci-fi, French language, sci-fi, and fantasy. Foreign coming-of-age comedies. A little bit ping-pong. <laughs> 
Drama starring Donald Sutherland. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that'd be fun. That's in there. Social to get even issue more dramas based on books. I don't know if this is updated, but basically just go and search. If you want to find that, I'm sure Reddit is a good resource for this. If that's a site you're willing to look at, I would search for Netflix genre codes and look for the big list. Somewhere there'll be the big, big list. 23,458 secret genres. Wow. Well, we did it again. We started off another beautiful year. I love it. You feel good about this? Feel awesome. Well, happy uh, new year to all of our listeners and to you and yours. Rabbit, rabbit. Rabbit, rabbit. Okay, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.